A number of dramas playing out on Capitol Hill. Hunter Biden is supposed to appear before the House Oversight Committee sometime around 9.30. If he doesn't, he could be in contempt of Congress. He agreed to appear, but he said he wanted to do it in public. Well, this was supposed to be a closed-door meeting. We'll see what happens there. Also, the whole question about whether or not uh, there will be some kind of a deal between uh, GOP senators and Democrats in the Senate over Ukraine funding. Uh, House GOP, Senate GOP members say we need to remain in Mexico policy. We need to address our southern border as well as securing Ukraine's future. And we'll see how that plays out. But it's it's not looking good. It looks like it may be January. Uh, in the meantime, we've got two very important individuals coming to speak to the Economic Club today. Um, former Governor Pat McCrory of North Carolina, former Governor Jay Nixon, Democrat of Missouri, will be at the Detroit Economic Club uh, along with those. They, he, one is the co-chair, the other is the project director of this No Labels Party, which has been around a while, more than one cycle. Uh, but they are gaining a lot of momentum. As most recent polls show 49% of Americans do not want a Biden-Trump rematch. And watching all of this as one of the most ardent supporters of the No Labels process uh, is Dave Trott, former congressman from Birmingham, uh, and a good friend of this broadcast, sometimes uh, host. David, good morning. Morning, Guy. How are you? We're great. Well, the significance of this appearance and where we are with no labels. Yesterday, Chris Sununu, um, the New Hampshire governor, uh, endorsed Nikki Haley. Where are we in terms of getting a face to the no labels party? Who will be the standard bearer, and when will we find that out? Sure. That, that will be probably uh, first quarter of uh, of next year. Uh, sometime in March or April, the the uh, ticket will be uh, chosen by the no labels delegates, and uh, and then it'll be off to the races. Dave, there is this uh, bipartisan uh, group, Citizens to Save Our Republic. Uh, they spent about a hundred thousand dollars on ads, basically saying that the no labels or even you know the third party other candidates, uh, you know, will get hasten uh, Donald Trump's return to the White House. Your thoughts on that? Well, I, you know, I think the no labels ticket, the polling data shows that there's only about 14 percent of the voters are uh, definitely for Biden, no matter what. And about 18 percent of the voters are for Trump, no matter what. So there's a, a vast majority, 60 plus percent of Americans who are open to a third party candidate and no labels ticket. And uh, so if the no labels ticket is able to win, you know, 40, 50, 60 percent in states, then they'll be. Uh, uh, winning in the Electoral College, and they won't be a spoiler. They'll be uh, in contention to elect someone. Well, Dave, Fred Upton has come out and said if you put a Republican at the top of the ticket and a vice president Democrat, then they take the votes away from Trump, and maybe that's a pathway to get your no-label candidate elected. Yeah, I think that's yeah, I think that's the thinking right now is it's a it's a bipartisan ticket. And, uh, you know, when I was in the House, I was in the Problem Solvers Caucus, which is – part of the no labels effort and uh you know the the, the at the end of the day 70 percent, i think it's closer to 70 percent guy that you mentioned 49 percent. i think 70 percent of americans are unhappy with the two choices mm-hmm. and about 60 percent are open to a, a moderate independent type candidate and, and really what americans want to see and what they deserve is we need to solve problems we need common sense solutions on problems like immigration and gun safety and climate and our debt and uh, both Biden and Trump, not only they're not capable of doing the job, but they're not at all interested in, in bipartisan solutions for help different me, reasons. Help me with the timing of this, Dave, because if if you don't uh, anoint a standard bearer until mid-March or April, we'll be past the Super Tuesday primaries. 
and and heck, a, a lot of people think that you know the the Iowa and New Hampshire uh, events will 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 gain a lot of momentum for whoever comes out of them. So, I mean, are you worried that that Trump and Biden will come out of both of those and Super Tuesday with so much momentum? that you'll really be at a disadvantage once you do anoint somebody. Well, I think you're exactly right. I think after Super Tuesday, Biden and Trump are going to be the nominees, the presumptive nominees, and I am worried about that. And I think the no labels ticket coming out with their uh, unity ticket in in early spring, uh, first, there'll be so much earned media uh, that that they'll be relevant from day one because the the press and the media will be so interested in, in the third party uh, candidacy, especially when so many people are unhappy with the two choices. Uh, and there'll be plenty of money funding it. There's some significant uh, uh, support b- uh, behind this effort. Uh, so I think they'll be relevant, and I think they'll be polling strong within the first week of the ticket being announced. Uh, it's going to be unlike any other presidential campaign where you have to spend years raising billions of dollars to put the infrastructure together. Uh, that This group will be relevant from day one, in part because the, the Americans are looking for something different. Technically, if, if Nikki Haley is on the ballot in these early primary states and she picks up some delegates— is she disqualified from being a no-labels candidate? Yeah, that's a potential problem in some states. If they've won delegates in in uh, with one of the major two parties, they can't be on the ticket in some of the states. So uh, that's that'll be a problem for people like Nikki Haley. Um, you know, some of the people, uh, Sununu, uh, Hogan, um, uh, Mansion, they've all opted out of running. I'm not privy to the candidate selection process and and not a delegate, but I I, I wonder if that's part of the reason. Uh, Dave, let me switch a little bit. You know, the Republicans in the Congress um, have uh, many of them have said, listen, we're, we're just done because they're they're more focused on fundraising and, and, uh, and other things other than, you know, getting the work of the people done. Right. Right. Well, it, it's frustrating because, uh, you know, the, the, if you look at the typical member, Republican or Democrat, uh, they go home every weekend and they tell their constituents what they stopped from happening. And the reality is the cost of doing nothing on some of these problems facing our country is not nothing. And uh, fundraising is important because the the elections are so darn expensive, Mm -hmm. so I get that. But people need to be held accountable when they go home. What what problem did you solve? How did you improve uh, the situation on this issue or that issue? And and it's not being done. Uh, There's no bipartisan uh, uh, ship, and and, and unfortunately the new speaker – you know, he, he may be the most conservative conservative in the entire place. So the prospect, certainly for the balance of this Congress, of anything getting done is is little to nothing. And, you know, as evidence, you look at what's happening in Ukraine as we right. speak. Yeah, well, that's a good question. Are the Republicans, speaking of problems, they want to focus on the border, but the Ukraine funding is up in in the air because they want to tie everything together. Do you think that's the way to go? And are they asking for reasonable changes for a problem on our southern border? Well, I think they're. Uh, I think I think the, the the Republicans have missed the boat on on the abortion debate. I think the Democrats have missed the boat on the immigration debate. Hmm. Uh, and I think President Biden would be wise to work with the Republicans to get the funding package, $100 billion for Ukraine and Israel, and also work on securing our southern border. I think the Democrats have, have because of the progressives, are, are so influential within the party there. I think they're holding a good decision-making hostage in terms of securing our border. Most Americans expect that, want yeah. that, and the Democrats better wake up. Otherwise, they're going to miss, miss an opportunity to 
to to uh, uh, reclaim the House in 2024. Final minute here, but I mean, the, the Democrats have agreed to raise the standards for those seeking asylum, which would, could shrink those that are eligible. But Republicans are saying, look, we want mandatory detention for those that are filing for asylum. And we also want remain in Mexico to be reinstated so that we're not housing them here to the tune of 5,000 new ones a day. Is that an unreasonable? Would you be able to support that? And yeah, and I would, do you think you could get Democratic colleagues to support that? Yeah, I'm not sure I could get too many Democratic colleagues. Probably only those in swing seats could support that policy. I would support that policy if I was in the House uh, because it's just common sense. You know, do you leave your house unlocked at night? Most Americans want the border secure, and they want an asylum process that uh, ensures that once the f- person enters our country, we can find that person again. Uh, that's not an unreasonable ask. That's that just is common sense. And uh, so I think the Democrats should uh, capitulate on some of the uh, asks by the Republican majority in the House, uh, not only to get the funding done for our, our friends, but also uh, to, to improve the immigration situation, which is creating a lot of problems in our country. David, it's always a pleasure to connect with you. Uh, have a wonderful Christmas, will you? Thank you, Guy. My best to your family. Thank All you. All right. And uh, we'll, we'll see you there at the Detroit Economic Club. Again, uh, Pat McCrory, Jay Nixon, if you're a, a member of DEC, uh, you may want to go down there and listen to those guys if you're interested in alternatives uh, to the two party leaders that we have now. It is uh, 644 on News Talk 760. Uh, when we come back, it is one of the nicest presents we can give to children who must spend the holidays in the hospital, but it's also a feel good gift yourself too. That's coming up at 649. Meantime, this week's S&P Global Mobility Minute with Stephanie Brindley is brought to you by Dana. Dana, people finding a better way. Through October 2023, according to S&P Global Mobility U.S. light vehicle registration data, total registrations of all sizes of pickup trucks has settled to about 17.7%. Retail share for pickups has also been declining throughout this year. The most recent peak for pickup truck share in the U.S. was in 2020, when share reached 20.1%, up from a low of 13.5% in the 2009 recession. Over the 23-year period from 2000 to 2022, pickup truck share has averaged about 16.8% annually. Among the things to watch for 2024 is where pickup share goes. This becomes even more important as automakers increase availability of EV pickups over the next two to three years. If the U.S. pickup truck market share settles closer to an historic average, we will be looking at a hyper-competitive space. Automakers will have two challenges, retain loyalty of current gas engine pickup owners, as well as convincing some of them to shift to electric trucks. I'm Stephanie Brindley, and this has been an Automotive Minute with S&P Global Mobility, formerly IHS Market. Two important visitors coming to the Detroit Economic Club today. Uh, Former Governor Jay Nixon, Democrat of Missouri. uh, Former Governor Pat McCrory, Republican of North Carolina. A bipartisan uh, partnership there, all to promote the No Labels Party. This alternative to the respective Democrat and Republican parties. But it's those of those parties joining together to try to say, uh, for those of you which would number anywhere from 50% to 70% who say we don't want a rematch of Biden-Trump, um, they're going to give you an alternative. And one of the leaders of that is our former congressman, Republican from St. Joseph, uh, former congressman Fred Upton, who joins us live this morning. Fred, good morning. 
Well, good morning. What a beautiful morning. I'm standing at the top of the athletic club, uh, looking out over the stadium, wishing that Verlander was still a pitcher here. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. He he is, uh, uh, but I'm looking over the city and what a, what a great sunrise. I spent the night in Ann Arbor, but we got a busy day today. And then I'm speaking to the uh, Michigan political history association tonight in Lansing, uh, reflecting on my 36 years in the house. 36 wonderful years of which we are appreciative. Um, when you see uh, Governor McCrory, Governor Nixon come together, what is, what's the significance of their address to the Economic Club this, this afternoon? Well, my sense is that it's going to be like, are we not tired of this dysfunction in, in Washington? I mean, good grief. And we see it, uh, you know, today. We see it this week in, in the Congress. They're not able to get anything done. And it's so partisan, so toxic that we need a change. And it's not, you know, it's not the system today. It's not working. So let's give voters a choice. And, of course, the idea is that we would have a Republican and a Democrat on the presidential ticket. Uh, not necessarily what that order, but likely a Republican for president, a Democrat for vice president, uh, and reflect a unity ticket to say, Let's get things done. Let's work together, House and Senate. It's going to be a close election. We know that. It's going to be closely divided in the House and the Senate next year again for sure after the 24 election. But we don't need this dysfunction. You look at – I mean border security. I mean heck, <laughs> we, we, we've known that we needed an alternative to what's going on uh, for a long, long time. Uh, you know, We can't even deal with the fires in – in Hawaii from a year ago in terms of what this Congress has been able to do. They've passed 14 bills into law this year, 14. When I was chairman of the Energy and Commerce Committee we uh, under President Obama for six years, I sent more than 200 bills uh, to, the pre- to Obama for him to sign into law mm-hmm. uh, on a whole variety of different topics. I mean, this Congress has just got nothing done. And you know, we know what the issues are, inflation, I mean, Israel, uh, Ukraine, here's Zelensky comes again. I mean, the, 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 uh, Biden put in a request last October for assistance. Uh, Israel, we know that they're running out of, out of uh, ammunition there as well. They did an emergency order uh, this last week. But let's get something done. And, and to think that they're going to go home tomorrow for Christmas and not come back till, I don't know, the 8th or 9th of January, they're going to be off another three weeks without getting their stuff done? No. Uh, I, I said yesterday on MSNBC, the, the president ought to keep them here, uh, keep them there in Washington yeah. uh, and not let them get, go home till they get their work done. So, you know, it, it's time for a change. And I think if you had a Republican and a Democrat at the top of the ticket and give voters another choice, that's all we're, that we're trying uh, to do now. We're on 12 ballots. Uh, and I think, and we're in play in 27 states uh, right now. But the goal, of course, is to be on all 50 ballots uh, early in the second quarter. Fred, uh, the fear in many quarters—I mean, from Republican consultants to Democrats uh, of all stripes—is uh, that this no labels third-party campaign, if it's carried out, that is going to help elect Trump? Well, if you look at the numbers, and I've seen them, and we've polled uh, tens of thousands of households uh, since last spring, if you look in, you look at the numbers today, Trump wins. Trump head-to-head with Biden wins today. Uh, a poll that came out this week shows that Trump's ahead here in Michigan by 10 points. Biden won by three uh, in 20. Uh, Trump's ahead in Pennsylvania. 
uh, if it's one-on-one. And uh, our numbers also show that if you had a bipartisan ticket, a unity ticket is what we'd like to call it, mm-hmm. uh, you we draw equally, in essence, from both sides. Uh, there's a lot of Republicans that don't want Trump, even though he's way ahead in the polls. Uh, there's a lot of Democrats that don't want Biden. Uh, for uh, you know, you, you pick the reason. Uh, there, there's a lot of reasons that are out there. So we're just trying to give voters the choice. If we had a, a strong ticket of a Republican and a Democrat to try and shake up Washington a little bit and, and uh, force them to get some things done to address the nation's problems that have been unresolved now for the last three years. Um, logistically speaking, to name the candidate in March or April is it too late? I mean, not. Not really, because you could be on the ballots in the states. But is it too late in the minds of voters? No, it's it's not. Remember, the the national conventions don't happen until, of course, we know who they're going to be. Super Tuesday, that's in in March. Uh, but the national Republican and Democratic conventions aren't until uh, you know July and August uh, this next year. But you'll remember Ross Perot. Ross Perot surprised the country, in essence, when he announced that he was going to run. I was actually on Air Force One with President Bush when when he called, uh, and he ended up getting on all 50 state ballots. He actually got up to 30 percent. Remember, he dropped out for a little while, and then he came back. But we're months ahead of where Perot was, and that was 30 years ago. I mean, we're already on 12 ballots, uh, some big states as well, and we're in play now in 27 states. Uh, and you know there, there's plenty of time to to get on the on the ballot, and then in essence turn this over. Uh, no labels is not going to run the presidential campaign. We're just looking to get access on the ballot. So, and then those candidates will actually run the campaign. And in some states, you can't even apply to get on the ballot until you know who the candidate is. So, which is we why really have to, Fred, we, get, why we, we have to. We, we've got to go, but I got to ask you a question before I, before we, we leave here, and that is Nikki Haley's the rising star. If you talk to disaffected Republicans, she seems to be the the one that they gravitate to the most. At some time, will no labels go to her and say, "Geez, Governor, we wish you would drop out so that you could run under our banner." Will yeah, that happen? That, that could happen, uh, but my sense is that Nikki will say, "You know what? It's not in the cards this time." Since she's if she continues to stay behind, even though. Got a great endorsement from Sununu, uh, but she may want to wait until 28. I mean, who knows? But yeah, she. I would have to believe that she could be in the mix. All right. Fred Upton, uh, big day at Detroit Economic Club. Uh, we'll look forward to uh, what the two governors have to say, and thanks for being with us. You bet. Always.